It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing all right today. Today's show, she's being brought to you in a part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Dot com. I'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. And speaking of uh, St. Simon's, don't forget to join us. That would be me and Sal and a bunch of uh, former world champions and top contenders and celebrities and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for our biggest Billy C. Boxing event ever. It's taking place September 13th, 14th, and 15th uh, at the Sea Palms Resort. We got a golf tournament. We got a fishing tournament. We got meet and greets. We got a fight night. We got dinners at Sal's. We got a, a, a plethora of activities for you, your friends, your family, whatever. Thing is, uh, you got to have a ticket. So if you're interested, now, this does not include uh, accommodations. There's so many uh, options uh, on the Golden Isles or in Brunswick, which is uh, right near uh, the facility. So uh, make your plans today. But drop me an email. Get on the ticket list. Uh, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Also, when you're getting ready to travel, make sure... You stay at a Holiday Inn property and get a Billy C. discount. Just call 800, well, toll-free number, 844-603-0364. Toll-free, 844-603-0364. But if you're like me, can't remember phone numbers, just go to our website and click on the banner. It's right there on the right-hand side. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Mono, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now where you're watching or listening to this show. Just go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. You want a signed copy? No problem. Visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. You want more than one copy? Better yet, just drop me an email, and I'll hook you up with a special deal. Billy at Talking. Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. All right, today, uh, we are not doing a live show tomorrow. We will be back on Monday, but today, boys and girls, uh, we will be giving you our final breakdowns and predictions on the big unification world heavyweight title fight between Anthony Joshua and Joseph Parker, which is taking place in Cardiff, 
this weekend. You will be able to see it on U.S. television. Uh, Showtime will uh, be showing it. So uh, Sal and I will be uh, giving you our predictions. And I got a bunch of predictions from you guys uh, over the uh, last uh, day or two. Uh, so we will be reading those as well. But Foist, we got some news. Uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about this uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, testing positive for clenbuterol, and um, you know, I, I made uh, uh, some pretty strong statements about the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Uh, we even talked to uh, Larry Hazard, who's a boxing Hall of Famer, and the New Jersey State Athletic Commissioner, asking him exactly what a temporary suspension is. He was quick to point out that all, uh, you know, suspensions are temporary. Um, but I guess I didn't word it correctly for him. And when I did, he agreed, like, there's no such thing. I, you know, um, the Nevada State Athletic Commission has announced that they will be uh, giving their final decision on whether Canelo uh, will be allowed to fight on April 10th. Now, if you recall, this fight is already scheduled at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas uh, for Cinco de Mayo, uh, May 5th. Um, well, there's been a development. According to many close sources to this situation, it appears that the Nevada State Athletic Commission will not let Canelo fight. And if that is the case, as much as I wanted to see the fight, I applaud the Nevada State Athletic Commission and the gutless, spineless piece of garbage known as Bob Bennett for sticking strong. They have to make a statement in the sport of boxing to say that uh, we will not tolerate cheaters. And I don't care who you are, how much revenue you bring in, etc., etc., etc. They are making a strong stand. Uh, there are uh, some inside reports that the T-Mobile Arena has went public to offer refunds for anyone that's already bought tickets for this event, which is signifying that the Nevada State Athletic Commission very well may be ruling against Canelo. Joining me right now uh, from St. Simons is my partner in crime. We want to get Sal Rocky Senecola's thoughts. What do you think, Sal? Right. Yep. Clap. Applaud. That was me. Hey. Good morning, Bill. I can't believe it. That is the first thing they did is make a good stance. And you know what? If they're going to be serious and they don't want any of these substances to be evident in a fighter or, or any other, uh, you know, a spectrum when it comes to professional boxing, then, yes, they had to make a stance. And my I applaud them, pal. I mean, I, listen. It's, it shows that uh, the re my whole thing, you know, people misunderstood what, what my thoughts were. I, it's not like I didn't want, even though I said I didn't think that Triple G should fight Canelo because of this, it wasn't because I didn't want the fight. You know that. And, and I just want to make sure that people understand. It's not like I didn't want the fight. I want the fight. My point is, is that everybody's crying about cheating and this and that. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the golden boy, so to speak, in uh, uh, Canelo gets popped for, for cheating. And I just felt that there was no way that we should give him a pass. If, if all the evidence points at him and they're trying to use an excuse of eating tainted meat, uh, I say that's BS and don't let him fight. Early reports are indicating that that very well may be the case. Now, who knows? It could change between now and then, Sal, but I agree with you 100%. I applaud them 
if this is what happens because this will send a strong message to all fighters, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. In fact, you know, when you were discussing uh, the other day with uh, Larry Hazard, the same thing, a, 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 a postponement or a ban or, or what you may want to even call it a suspension, a suspension is temporary. A ban may not be as temporary and uh, unless it has a time. But the bottom line is if they're going to suspend Canelo and they're going to deprive him from having uh, the ability to earn an income and to get the big fights and to maybe take six months out of his out of his career, that sends a powerful message. That sends a very, very resonant message that, you know, hey, guess what? You want to you want to walk on a fire? You're going to get burned. So uh, this is what we're sending. This is what you're going to do. You either straighten up and, and sober up and do what you got to do and train and do it by the rules, do it by the book, or you're going to have to pay the price. That's it. And I, I, I applaud them. And I applaud that they're going to strength if they're going to stand strong. You know why, Billy? Because this decision is bigger than boxing itself. It's yep. for boxing. It's not just for the fight. The fight is a big thing. But this is boxing. It's bigger than a fight. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Who are you, Nostradamus today? You're predicting that if you walk on fire, you're going to get burned? Whoa. Hey, man. Whoa. Hey, I, Bill, I just grew up in a school of common sense, okay? That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's something that a, a lot of a lot of schools don't teach <laughs> today. If you fire, guess what? It's going to get burned. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, I, I, there's some other things uh, that are bittersweet for this situation. Number one, the sweet part is that finally somebody's going to make a stand and lay down a rule that they actually adhere to, their own rules, with, and this is concerning Nevada State Athletic Commission. Um, the, the, the bitter part is, number one, we don't get the fight. If, if this goes through is, is what they're talking about. We don't get the fight, which we all wanted to see. The first fight obviously did not end with a definitive result. Um, and they're talking about... Uh, uh, rescheduling this fight uh, for uh, September. Um, that makes me wonder if this was planned, if, they, if, if, uh, if, if the powers at Golden Boy say to themselves, hey, you know what, maybe we should uh, let them postpone it. We'll get guy. another six months out of it, gotta, and we'll get age, this. We got to age. Exactly. Triple, Triple, G. G, Triple G is going to age six more months, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of bittersweet for, uh, for Triple G if he decides that he wants to fight. Now, they're talking about him still fighting, Sal, and uh, obviously the name that came up was Billy Joe Saunders, but they say, well, Billy Joe Saunders wouldn't have enough time, only one month to prepare. Well, the thing is, is that... 18 months, right? No, that's Well, no, he, yeah, that was him. He wanted 18. But, but, they, but the thing is, is that he had already been preparing for a fight uh, and then hurt, you know, hurt himself, and his fight was postponed a little bit. Um, the injury is done, so it's not like this guy is 100% out of shape. So, I, I mean, I don't see why they don't make that fight. They're also mentioning Gary Spike O'Sullivan as a possible opponent. That I don't want to see. I don't want to. If Triple G is going to still fight on that date, I want to see him against uh, a top guy. You know, uh, 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 a. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Demetrius Andre. I, I know that they'll outprice him, but, you know, a Billy Joe Saunders, uh, uh, you know, a Daniel Jacobs, some, somebody substantial. What do you think, Sal? I think it's a it's a good roll of dice, and I'm gonna tell you something that that uh, I I didn't want to mention until we had to get maybe into the position to do so. I think a Billy Joe Saunders, Triple G fight, 
if the Billy Joe Saunders that went into the ring that night against uh, against Dave, David uh, Lemieux, my, my, David Lemieux, huh? David, David Lemieux. Lemieux, is the same Billy Joe Saunders that goes into the ring against Triple G. Yeah, that's not going to be an easy walk for Triple G that night. And you may be uh, looking at a surprise. I'm just going to say that. but Because uh, that Billy Joe Saunders, the way he handled uh, David Lemieux, David Lemieux never even got into that fight. Uh, Billy Joe Sander, Saunders moved, he boxed, he hit, he had a nice poppy on his punch. And guess what? Billy Joe Saunders is a pretty damn big middleweight. Yeah, but, but you anyway, know. That's but, another time, another conversation, but, another Chance. Exactly. The bottom but, line let, is, I want to see Triple G fight on that date. I want to see him, like you say, uh, against a formidable opponent, and I want to see uh, see uh, boxing continue to thrive and grow in the year of 2018. Just keep one thing in mind. Yes. You know, Billy Joe Saunders. That was his best performance against a very one-dimensional guy in David Lemieux. I mean, let's be real here, Sal. You know, Triple G should not be compared to David Lemieux in any way, shape, or form. Right, right. Not at all. No, I'm just saying if that Billy Joe Saunders shows up into the ring against Triple G, he's got the ability to give Triple G a little trouble that night. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I I agree with that. He will give him some trouble. Um much, uh, you know, a very good boxer, but uh, we'll have big to wait. Big guy, see. he's a big guy. When I saw him, he's David Lemieux is a big middleweight, but this guy looked like a, a huge. He looked like a light heavyweight. No, well, uh, Daniel Jacobs is big. Yeah, but the Billy Joe Saunders I saw fight David Lemieux in that ring that night. He looked huge. He looked huge. And David the, Lemieux is a big guy. One of the biggest middleweights that I remember. Uh, is Iran Barkley? I mean, the guy looked like a, a monster. Oh yeah, man. he looked like a light heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, there's so much we can continue talking about that, but we, we're going to move on. Uh, there's, a, there's some other big news I, I wanted to announce. Manny Pacquiao and uh, Lucas Matisse have uh, verbally agreed to fight each other in Malaysia on July 8th. Now, there's a lot of twists to this fight. This was a fight that Manny Pacquiao was trying to put together. Um, and Bob Arum was poo-pooing it. Then we come and we hear that the Bob Arum connection with Manny Pacquiao has expired. Uh, Bob Arum was not too uh, uh, nice about, you know, making fun of, of Manny Pacquiao's potential uh, financial backers who never came up with the money, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, then Manny Pacquiao and his team were, were very upset uh, with the uh, absurd offer to fight Mike Alvarado on the undercard of Terrence Crawford, Jeff Horn, uh, really uh, uh, put that uh, relationship uh, in the flames, so to speak. Well, when it was announced yesterday that Matisse and Pacquiao have verbally agreed and the contracts are in the works of of being signed, that there's going to be not one, not two, but three promoters involved with this particular fight. Number one, Manny Pacquiao's promotional outfit. He's going to be a promoter. Golden Boy who handles Matisse, he's going to be a promoter. And guess who the third one is? Top um, rank. Top rank. And uh, No, no, but wait. Uh, you're, you're on the same way. You're on the same. You're thinking like me, Sal, because I said, uh, uh, let, me, let me just finish this. Uh, top rank. Top rank is handling it as well because they have the deal on ESPN. This fight is uh, sub, uh, projected to be shown on ESPN uh, on July uh, 8th, uh, it's actually going to be shown here in the States on July 7th because of the time difference on a Saturday night. 
it's actually taking place on July 8th, uh, but we'll be seeing it live because of the time difference. But the funny thing is I said exactly what you just said to myself <laughs> yesterday. I said, like I, 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 I swear <laughs> to you, Sal, I said the same thing. I said, you know what? I was saying, I was talking to myself, and I said, Bill, because I call myself Bill, not Billy C. I said, I said, Bill, you know, I, I said, the truth of the matter is, is I would be not even the least bit surprised if Mayweather Promotions, now that they know that the relationship between Manny Pacquiao, and I say they, meaning Floyd, uh, knows that the relationship between Manny Pacquiao and Bob Arum is garbage, this would be a perfect time for, for Manny Pacquiao to fight under the Mayweather banner. I said the same thing. Uh, how would that go over? Oh, mama mia, I'll tell you. It would it was definitely, you definitely see some buzz and some things talked about. And, uh, yeah, it would be very interesting. And I could see Floyd uh, uh, doing a nice shtick in there, too. So, uh, yeah, that, hey, you can't discount it, Bill. Can't discount it. Yeah, no, uh, you can't, and and I would love to see, uh, uh, of course, uh, Daniel Jacobs fight him. But uh, uh, anyway, as far as uh, uh, some quotes, Manny Pacquiao said, uh, "Bob Arum is invited to be there. No problem. I think my fight with Matisse will uh, talk. Then we'll talk about a possible Manny Pacquiao against Vasily Lomachenko fight in the future. Uh, that's a good fight because he's a champion, and I'll be challenged." to become a champion one more time. At the same time, I don't want people to think that I'm just fighting tune-up fights. Uh, he says, uh, I like Matisse's aggressive style. Uh, this is what I want. I want to entertain the boxing fans. Besides, Matisse's not a dirty fighter, and I highly respect him for that. Uh, that's Manny Pacquiao still crying about his uh, uh, claims that Jeff Horn was a dirty fighter, which, you know, I mean, he was in his face. But, you know, uh, the the and then the other part of this story is, Will Freddie Roach be in his corner or not? That's been uh, uh, rumored that he's not, but uh, uh, neither one have said yes or no. But, you know, I, I have to think outside the box here for a second and say to myself, you know, is Manny Pacquiao not thinking clearly, Sal? And the reason why I say this is because Manny Pacquiao looking for these kinds of fights— it almost makes me think that he thinks that he's the Manny Pacquiao in his prime. I mean, Matisse is a stand-in-front-of-you kind of fighter, so that tells me, well, maybe Manny's not, you know, too keen on moving around anymore. He wants somebody to just exchange bombs with, and uh, that's not a smart approach. Then to suggest that he wants to fight Lomachenko, I mean, I mean, a in a dream matchup, prime Pacquiao against prime Lomachenko, Great fight, but now pushing forty pack. Yeah, what do you think? You think his he's not thinking the correct way or what? Yeah, I, I you know, like I said, when uh, Manny Pacquiao came back after that shoulder injury, his whole purpose of coming back, his whole drive should have been getting in Mayweather's face to force that rematch. It didn't happen, and here I said maybe a year or two ago. It'll be a shame to see Manny Pacquiao become fodder for some of these younger bucks coming up or something else. Now, with that being said, I don't think that's what he has in mind as well. He's a, he's a first-round ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, he's a tremendous fighter. He's a legend. And I'll tell you what, he uh, definitely, in his prime, there's a lot of guys Manny Pacquiao could have beaten. Uh, and he did. But right now, I think he's maybe changed his direction or his whole emotional drive 
uh, in the fight game. Maybe he just wants to entertain. Maybe he just wants to go out and have fun. Maybe he just wants to uh, have a, an, a, the opportunity and ability to, to show he still has the skill set. Maybe he, there's a lot of maybes. I don't know. I'm not Manny Pacquiao. But I know if he's talking like that and if he has the emotional uh, wherewithal and the drive, he's going to want to entertain the guests, uh, the guests, the fans, and he's going to want to fight different guys and just move, box, move, box. Do I think he has a chance against Lomachenko? Well, first of all, he's got to come down a weight class or two. Uh, and I think that uh, Lomachenko will probably be too fast for uh, Manny Pacquiao. But it would be a good fight, uh, and I'd like to see it. I don't think it would go the distance. Uh, I think there would be cuts involved. There would be a lot of things involved there. But uh, I think it would be a good fight. And uh, right now, Pen Manny Pacquiao, uh, I'd like to see him go out on top. I'd like to see him go out a winner. I'd like to see him do a lot of things. But I don't want to see him spend time wasting his life, uh, getting possibly hurt, and, uh, and not go on. He's too special of a fighter to, to just do that. The truth of the matter is, is why? I mean, he doesn't well, need to. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why? I he mean, doesn't even need to fight. He doesn't even need the Matisse fight. L listen, you know what happens to great fighters when they don't know when to say when, especially fighters that have mileage on them. And let's face it, you know Manny Pacquiao a brought a lot to this sport, and but but you know the the big difference between he and, and Floyd Mayweather, besides the entertainment value. I mean, Manny was 100,000 times more entertaining than Floyd. But the big difference is Floyd's style preserved Floyd. Floyd yes, was 100%. not, uh, you know, Floyd is, you know, not that I want to see Floyd ever again inside a ring. I don't. I really think that Floyd should focus on his promotional company because I think he could uh, really emerge as being one of the best. But the truth of the matter is, is that Floyd's body could probably fight another fight in a ring. Manny Pacquiao has shown a lot of signs, even, even before he fought Mayweather, that he is nothing like he was. And to fight a guy, and I'm not saying that Lucas Matisse is a killer. He is a, a stand-in-front-of-you, exchange-bombs kind of fighter. But to suggest that he would fight Lomachenko, Lomachenko no. would, I mean, at this stage of the game, what is Manny doing? I mean, you know, if he's just trying to get a boatload of cash, um, you know, there's a good chance that this guy walks away with three losses in a row. I, I, I don't know. Well, I yeah, don't. yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. He's just going to, I do not want to see him just be uh, uh, reduced to fodder with a big payday in mind and, and to uh, have somebody else get a notch on their belt. Uh, he's too special of a guy, but you know it's hard, Bill. It's hard to walk away from the only thing that you, makes you—I don't want to say only thing that makes you feel alive. The only thing you 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 focus and you drive and you know you're still capable of and still good at. Like you, like you said, you know what, Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather is 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 a smart guy, and I'll tell you what, Floyd Mayweather early on in his career, when he was fighting the De La Hoyas and everything else, he engaged. He stayed in a pocket. He fought. He boxed. Floyd Mayweather somewhere along the line said, hey, guess what? I don't want to end up like a lot of the people I see ending up in a fight game with a pugilistic dementia or too many blows to the head. So he became a defensive fighter. He became almost like a matador in the ring with a bull. You get out of the way. You hit you where you can. You're going to outbox. You're going to point. And I applaud him for that. I applaud him for that because he became a master. But to see Manny Pacquiao contrast in his style – 
Manny Pacquiao's been in a lot of wars. Manny Pacquiao stays in a pocket. Manny Pacquiao exchanges heavy blows. He takes the heavy blows. So those cumulative effects right now may not be slowing him down, may not be doing much. But once he retires and once he's idle and once he has the time for his body to settle, uh, you know, he could start feeling some of the effects of those damage, of the damages and the big wars. I pray not. I hope not. And I do believe that there are certain fighters or certain human beings that are more predisposed to that kind of condition and vulnerability than others. This you is know, true. You, so that's it. No, it's true. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we're going to do the uh, Anthony Joshua, uh, Joseph Parker uh, predictions, breakdowns. There's things leading up to that. The update on Deontay Wilder. We got the workout quotes from, uh, from yesterday's public workout. We got another diary. Uh, submissions from Anthony Joshua. We got a lot of that. It's all coming up. Don't go anywhere. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, Sal Rocky Sinicola is with me right now. And uh, big fight this weekend. Uh, It puts uh, uh, who I feel is the top heavyweight in the world uh, in Anthony Joshua going up against... Uh, Joseph Parker in a unification fight. Um, But the number two guy, in my opinion, is Deontay Wilder. And there was a lot of talk about Deontay Wilder yesterday because he uh, backed out of his agreement with Sky Sports slash Showtime to be part of the broadcast, the television broadcast, uh, for the fight. And yesterday we talked a lot about it. And, um, you know, Sal was pretty adamant about... uh, uh, I want to hear it from Deontay. I want to hear it from Deontay. Well, right after the show, um, we heard it from Deontay. And uh, De- Deontay Wilder uh, admitted uh, that uh, uh, he was not going to go to this fight. Um, he also made a statement after that uh, suggesting that the only way, in his mind, and I'm going to read you the quote, but in his mind he felt and his team felt that um, Eddie Hearn wanted to bring him over there uh, to help promote him against Dillian White when, according to Deontay Wilder, the only fight he cares about is against Anthony Joshua. Now, he said he makes it seem like he's not even been offered the fight, uh, where we all know that he has. They just keep turning down the money. Uh, but Deontay Wilder came out with a statement yesterday uh, that said that he would consider fighting uh, Dillian White, no problem, no problem, uh, as long as the contract stipulated that his, he would be guaranteed to fight Anthony Joshua next. Now, it seems like a pretty simple request because that was the plan, according to Eddie Hearn, all along. He wanted the, those two to fight. It's not as easy as it sounds because 
you have to get Deontay to agree to the pay setup. How much will he get paid uh, to fight Dillian White? How much will he get paid to fight Anthony Joshua? That's the part of this whole shenanigans that bothers me. When you hear one side say, oh, we offered him the fight, and he said no. And you hear the other fight saying, all I want to do is fight the guy. And they leave out the financial arrangements that each side has been turning down. Uh, it's always... Uh, convenient for the one side to leave it out when it's in their favor and the other side to leave it out when it's in their favor, etc. Deontay Wilder said this yesterday, and I quote, they put Joshua on the end of the contract to fight White and we got to fight. It's a go. We'll bring Dillian White uh, right here to the United States and I'll whip his ass. That's easy. It's not hard. None of this stuff is really hard. They're making it hard. It's not hard on our part. It's hard on their part because they have so much to lose. It was never about me and Joshua. It was about me and his other fighter, meaning White. Uh, we're not. Uh, we're just not in the business of that. I have no problem fighting whoever he wants me to fight as long as he puts Joshua on the end of the contract. I'm fine with that. Even if he wants me to fight his other fighter, Dillian White, I don't have a problem with it. Let's let him fight Luis Ortiz. If he beats Luis Ortiz, then I'll fight him. Or put Joshua on the end of the contract, and then I'll fight him. Other than that, Dillian White is just another guy. Even when he gets into the mandatory position, which incidentally, I was incorrect yesterday. I felt I thought that the WBC has already named him the mandatory, and they have not. As a matter of fact, Deontay Wilder fought his mandatory, so he's got uh, uh, several months before he would, uh, almost the rest of the year, and before the WBC would order the mandatory. In case y'all forgot, his mandatory, which is a joke in itself, was Bermain Stavern. But uh, uh, anyway, he says, uh, I don't have a problem with that. Put Joshua on the end of the contract and I'll fight him. Uh, White's, uh, uh, even if he gets into the mandatory position, I still get a year to fight him. Right now, I'm up for a voluntary, a voluntary defense, so they make me wait. I'm going to make them wait. We're going to continue doing our thing here in the States and build up me in America. That's how it's going to go. I call the shots. Um, I don't know, man. What's your thoughts on this on this quote? I don't know. I'll tell you what. It's uh, it's disheartening because now I'm, I'm hearing and I'm reading into it. This may be uh, 2019, if not 2020, <laughs> before we see the only heavyweight fight I want to see is Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder. And it's amazing how you can throw a wrench in the works or or just uh, have things pop up and then be rationalized to be acceptable. Uh, when, you know, the fight fans, uh, I believe, really just want to see this fight. And, you know, if I can take uh, Deontay Wilder on as a friend and walk down and do a little walk talk and uh, just say, hey, look, this is what you are looking at. You're looking at your boxing career. You're a commodity. And right now, you've got uh, no promises for tomorrow. This is the kind of game we're in. But you know what? You have a guaranteed at least $10 million to fight Anthony Joshua. And you and I talked about this, Billy, uh, yesterday off air. And what a layup it would be just to have a rematch clause and get in a ring and net $20 million over the next two fights versus having to fight these other fighters now Dillian White Dillian White I don't believe is going to give uh, Deontay Wilder more than two or three rounds I think Deontay Wilder is going to tee off on his head like a 
golf ball with a with a with a with not even an iron but a a driver. Um, I just did not. I was not that impressed with Dillian White uh, looking to face an Anthony Joshua, looking to face a, a, a Deontay Wilder. So. Here we go with the bouncing ball. You know, I would I would tell Deontay Wilder if I was his camp to get on a plane, get over there, be ringside, say some nice things there, be eloquent, accept one like the Green Berets, one you know, embrace and embrace and and just learn your enemy and make them your friends. And basically, you go over there and you try to to make them your allies. Anyway, you go over there, you win some fans, you do some support, but just get the purpose and get the reason across you're here because you want the next fight to be against Anthony Joshua you want to be in his chest you want to be in his face you want to do call him out you could do all that you could commentate you could see what you he's got a whole broadcast team or a whole microphone and world's eyes looking at him if he went across the pond ringside for that fight that's what I think he should do listen he's being misled I you you and I have talked about this uh, extensively off air and on air, you know, from a business decision. It, it, listen, uh, today it's all about the money. And, you know, when you look at the money situation, Deontay Wilder could cash out if he wanted. Um, and it, it, look, you you, you got to sit down and you look at AJ. He's got 40 wins. He's 10 fights away from, from breaking uh, the, the heavyweight record. He could conceivably Not, be yeah, saying he, he he could be Deontay Wilder. That's what I said. Did I say Anthony Joshua? Yeah, you did. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Deontay Wilder is 49 and 0. Um, he, he's he, if I'm his team, if I'm his manager, I ask him two questions. I say, okay, Deontay, what do you want to do with your career? Are you looking for legacy? Do you want to go into history books forever? And be fifty and zero, and break Rocky Marciano's record. Because let's be real, boys and girls, what Floyd did means nothing because it only means something in the heavyweight division. Or do you want to be financially set for the rest of your life, your kids' life, your grandkids' life, your great grandkids' life? What do you want to do, Deontay? Now, if Deontay Wilder says, "I want to go in the history books." I want to. I want to go into history. Well, I, I mean, he could do both, but but this is my point. If he yeah. says off the bat he wants to go into history books, well, then my plan of attack for him as his manager would be simple. I would line him up with ten more Eric Molinas and Johan Duapaz and, and let him wants. knock them out in 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 the United States and jump on the ropes and say he's the best and call out AJ and never sign the papers. And, and he goes down in history as being undefeated, and we hear that the fight never happened, um, the, you know, the, the Joshua fight. Uh, if he says, I want to be the best, I want to fight Anthony Joshua, well, then you could still become a guy in the history books. You set those two fights up. That sets him up financially. Now, when the smoke clears and he's pocketed $20 million, $30 million for two fights, which he can't, I don't even know if he, it might take him 10 fights to make $30 million, uh, to, to, you know, versus fighting two. But let's say he beats Anthony Joshua in both those fights. Now he's 42-0. He beat the guy that he set out for. He's financially set. Then I would sit him down and say, guess what? We're going to feed you uh, eight more cupcakes, and then you're going to ride off into the sunset. That's what I would be telling this kid. I would be asking him what he wants first. The way he's going now, 
is a stupid way. And the reason why is it shows that this guy is believing they're they're devaluing him. They're they're making him look like he's ducking AJ. And I think that it's a mistake. Now, as far as Dillian White goes, I agree. I don't think that Dillian White would beat Deontay. I want I'd like to see it, but I don't think he could beat Deontay. And and the truth be told, if fighters fought each other on the way up, like we've been saying all along, Sal, if they fought the guy ahead of them in the contender rankings, uh, we wouldn't be making these dis- be th- making, these statements right, exactly. because we would know how good Dillian White is. We would know how good uh, you know these contenders are. Uh, right now, you you got uh, Jarrell Miller ranked in the top five, and he's not fought one guy. Uh, for all the uh, radio and television affiliates, we're not taking a break here. We will take it at the top of the hour. Um, you know what I'm saying, Sal? What do you, what do you think? I think you're right, Bill. You hit some sensitive uh, su- subjects, and, and you made some good common sense. And that's the school of thought that I appreciate and can agree on. And I know you, you, you're not, uh, you're not uh, crazy about uh, the path that maybe Deontay Wilder took, but he is where he is right now. And, and, I, and I'm a big fan of Deontay Wilder. I am. You know that. And I think that uh, he's got a lot to still prove. And I think his fight right now with Anthony Joshua, I think he's dangerous. I think I think Deontay Wilder will have more in store for for Anthony Joshua than anybody can anticipate. And that, that's why I want to see that fight go so bad. But the bottom line is the way that you explained it, it's the maximum amount of money and income that he can receive with the minimal amount of exposure to possible damage. And I think that that's a heavy way to look at it because the prize has to be always worth the price. And I think he's he should listen to the show and say, hey, do I want legacy? Do I want money? Do I want both? What What is my best plan of attack? You only have a few short years to do it. And let's map it out. But do it. Sit down with the smart people, the right people, not just the people that are going to yes you to death and not just and, and look for their own best interest, Deontay. Look what's in your best interest for the future, because your fu- the future is yours and you could direct it and you could call it. And that's what he should do. He should really just sit down and map it out. You know, I, I mean, listen, it's a fight that the sport needs. It's a fight. The, the part that bothers me is when they start pointing fingers at each other. You know, Deontay's saying, oh, all I want to do is fight him. Put, put, give me the contract, you know. And they're like, they, they look, you know, Eddie Hearns, people, looks at himself and says, what do you mean? We've given you contracts. You haven't signed them. Anthony Joshua says, oh, we want to fight you. Well, I'll fight you anytime. And, you know, they, they don't make it happen. They point fingers at each other. It's like the contractor who get the customer calls them and they're blaming him. And he said, well, it wasn't my fault. It was the mason. You know, it wasn't my fault. It was the carpenter. You know, I mean, and the carpenter says, it wasn't my fault. It was the, the landscaping guy. You know, I mean, they, they point fingers at everybody. Nobody's held accountable. The bottom line is it's a fight that people want. And, uh, you know, I, they both deserve to make the money. And if I'm Deontay, I, you know, I have to, if I'm managing Deontay, I have to look at the financial gains and rewards versus the risks. And um, I... I think a two-fight deal with Anthony Joshua is the way I would go. Uh, because <laughs> it's, you, it, it's a win-win situation. If he loses the fight, he wins in the bank account. If he wins the fight, he goes on to become, especially if he wins two, he could go on to become regarded as one of the greatest heavyweights. And and I still think he's got no talent, you know, except for the power right hand. But that doesn't matter in the heavyweight division. So I, I don't know. They're 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 misguiding him a hundred percent, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, 
In well, any event. And, and that's what you, you're right. We, we talked about this. And you know what? He should take on the new role. You know, act like the champion. Act like the, the guy. Be the new ambassador for boxing. You know, like Anthony Joshua, he's a great representative of the sport. Uh, he he says and does everything right. He's, he's eloquent in his speech. He does it right. You know what? Deontay Wilder could be another ambassador for the boxing, for the sport itself. And he's just got to put himself in that light and be active and be be the one that that uh, that uh, says the right things and that tries to call out the the opposition the way uh, the way he he's in a position to do so. He should get on that plane, go over to across the pond, and he should really just just make a good statement and uh, and and look to point out Anthony Joshua. Uh, I mean, listen, you know, if if it becomes all about the it is about the money. Then you can't deny that the that the smartest move is AJ. If it's That's about right. legacy, uh, then you go the other route. But the legacy sure. is not a layup because even the Eric Molinas and the Johan Dua pauses and the Baby Joe Millers and the Dillian Whites aren't. Uh, they could beat anybody at any given time, and they, that's the way the heavyweight division is. Okay, let's get into. Uh, uh, Anthony Joshua against Joseph Parker. They had some workout quotes yesterday. Joseph Parker said, since we've been here, he's talking about in Cardiff, uh, we've been welcomed with open arms. I expect a good crowd, a fair crowd. Uh, there's a lot of people supporting Anthony Joshua here, but we have a lot of support back home. It's great to see all my family and friends here, and uh, we've do, we do have some support here as well. All, uh, uh, all black New Zealand, uh, New Zealand rugby rugby uh the team all black uh style has done well here in wales so i'm looking to keep up that record uh he says i think some of the things our team has said has gotten under his skin meaning aj's i'm not happy it looks a little uh, unhappy and a little tense. he looks a little unhappy and a little tense uh i think uh everyone's different how they approach a fight we're quite relaxed and calm i'm excited about this fight but it's a controlled excitement Klitschko's a great fighter and a champion who we respect, but Klitschko's Klitschko. I'm a different story altogether. I'm young, I'm hungry, I'm fit, I'm strong. I got my speed back, which is interesting. I will show that on Saturday. I've got the speed, I got the power, I got the skills, I got technique, I got it all. I'll see you soon, Anthony Joshua, because we're going to war. Um, he responded to the Klitschko thing because one of the last uh, quotes that uh, AJ said um, in the final press conference was that if he comes like Klitschko did, it's going to be a war. If he could handle the, the crowd and the pressure and all of that. Um, Joseph Parker seems very confident. Uh, you know, he seems, uh, he looks good. He, he's in good shape. Um, what did you take by his uh, workout quotes yesterday? Well, I, I take that, you know, he's ready, he's confident, and you know, the Joseph Parker that I've seen in the ring with Tukam and, and some other uh, fighters, and uh, I, I, I think he's got a lot to uh, bring to the game. Um, is it enough to beat uh, uh, Joseph, I mean, Anthony Joshua? Ah, we're going to wait to see. But uh, I like his confidence. I like the idea that he feels he's coming in to uh, pull an upset and to, to show everybody what he could do, and he possibly could. So I like what he said. He's confident and that's what you want to hear. You come in shape, you're ready to fight. You have no excuses. You're not going to make up anything. You're ready. You're 100% ready as best as 100% you could be. Well, I mean, you can talk all you want, 
Um, but uh, but the truth of the matter is, it's going to boil down to your performance in the well, ring. Well, yes, exactly. I mean, um, now, Anthony at his uh, Anthony Joshua at his uh, workout yesterday, he said, "This is just bigger than the last time I was here. Boxing is bigger than it is uh, than it was, and it's bigger than ever right now. Uh, this is the golden era, and I'm happy to be part of it. It's good news uh, that he wants a war." Because in boxing, all you need is a good chin and a right hand. Uh, but I've been working on finesse, technique, counterpunching, etc. I hope jo Joseph Park... You know, it's funny that he said all you need is a good chin and a right hand. That sounds like Deontay. But uh, he says, uh, I hope Joseph Parker falls into my booby traps. Uh, because uh, uh, I'm going to set him up with some power shots as well. Yeah, I'm up for a war. I Hopefully, uh, I'll be up for some blood, sweat, and cheers from my corner. Physically, I believe in my abilities. I'm focused. I understand it's a boxing match, and people are expecting the pinnacle of boxing. Hopefully, they'll be able to see me through to victory. You need uh, to still keep that challenger's mindset. I'm still the challenger in my head, and sometimes I don't want to be seen with all the belts around me too much now that I'm hunted. Um, it's just now that I am the hunted. I'm sorry. Uh, it's no time to just put up my feet and relax. I'm out there defending my throne Saturday. I can't worry about uh, the future fights. Saturday is where it's at. Saturday night's big. Saturday is a massive fight night. Um, as usual, uh, Anthony Joshua seems uh, to say all the right things at the right time, Sal. Yeah, he does. I mean, like I said, he has a good grasp and a, a good wherewithal of who he is, where he is, and knows... Uh, knows what to say. I mean, the guy's eloquent in his, in his response and his retort. And I think that, uh, you know, like I was saying earlier about Deontay Wilder, you know, we love to see ambassadors for the sport of boxing. And he's a great representative, Anthony Joshua. And Deontay Wilder could be the same. Joseph Parker is, is a good example. We just got to know him a little bit more. So I, I like what I hear. I like what I see. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad that boxing is alive, man. It's coming back, and boxing is alive today. No question about that. All right. Now, we got the last diary. Well, the last one we're going to be able to do, uh, Anthony Joshua's uh, diary, his fight diary. This is actually the fourth part of it. Now, my man Johnston has been posting them up on BillyCBoxing.com in his column, so you're not going to want to miss that. He'll, he'll post the last part, but unfortunately we won't be able to talk about it here on the show because we're not doing a show tomorrow. Uh, but first, uh, I'm going to give you uh, Johnston's predictions uh, of the fight. Uh, he says uh, uh, Joshua has 20 fights or 20 knockouts. He's fought only 65 rounds. Uh, the Londoner, Londoner has a combined uh, opponent record of 484, 137, and 11. Parker's fought 123 rounds in 24 fights uh, with a combined opponent record of 513, 108, and 14. Standing at 6'6 with an 82-inch reach, AJ has the height and advantage on Parker, and he will impose that during this fight. He'll work behind his jab. Uh, for the early tactics in the opening rounds, I feel Joshua can take the uh, center of the ring by using his jab and counterpunching. Parker doesn't have, does have a tendency to drop his left, which leaves him exposed to an overhand right. Whether it's one big shot that rocks Parker or a combination of shots, Joshua will eventually get to him. I think we will see a lighter, faster, and more improved Joshua, which sounds like a recipe for disaster for Parker. I could see AJ finding a bit of space on the inside and uh, detonating his trademark uppercut, which Parker is susceptible to. As long as Big Joshua doesn't overlook his opponent, which I don't think he will, 
I expect the stoppage between six and nine rounds. Uh, that was uh, Johnston's uh, prediction. Sounds like a good one. Uh, here's solid. the yeah. Here's the fourth installment uh, and the final one we're going to do. But you can catch this one, the previous ones, and the fifth installment uh, up on BillyCBoxing.com. Uh, Anthony Joshua says, I've always been a 12-round fighter, even in the early days when I was winning the fights in the first couple of rounds. Instead of going back to, to the changing rooms and showering and relaxing, I'd go another 10 rounds on the pads with my trainer. Don't get me wrong, I love a knockout, but I've always prepared to go to distance if anyone can stay with me that long. So I've been preparing for nights like Saturday when anything can happen for a very long time. I've never lasted the distance in the pro ranks, but that's not my fault. Uh, it's just my opponents have never lasted that long. Team Parker say their man has the capabilities to last physically for 12 rounds, as he's shown it in previous fights. They've praised the hard work that he's put in during his camp and have also said that the uh, elbow surgery after his last fight will rejuvenate uh, his performance. It's now uh, just a couple of days away from the fight, and the atmosphere is building. Uh, there was a great turnout at the open workout, and with every twist and turn, you can already feel the buzz and excitement from the Cardiff crowd. All that is left now is the weigh-in. There's been a lot of talk about my weight, and there'll be a lot of interest to see how we both measure up on the scales. I spent this camp focusing and improving on my technique and ability. I feel razor sharp with the people we'll be able to see on Friday's weigh-in. I try not to talk about him as much as it'd get to his head, but I think Eddie Hearn deserves a mention for putting on this uh, Bout. That's kind of funny. He doesn't want to talk about Eddie Hearn because he doesn't want it to get to Eddie Hearn's head. You know, I thought but, at first I thought he's talking about I thought he's talking about Joseph Parker, but he's right. Eddie Hearn does have a bit of a uh, ego, you know, uh, like like a bit of an ego. You know, that's, that's wherever my, you go, you know, ego. But uh, <laughs> uh, um, he says uh, uh, this guy knows how much unifying the division means to me and how much the public wants to see the best fighters go head to head in the ring. In that quest, he's brought Joseph Parker over here uh, on Saturday. So the people watching in the stadium and the pubs or at home will get a chance to see two heavyweight world champions in, in action. I know I'll win and add another belt as I t stay, take one step closer to unifying this division, something no one's done since Lennox Lewis did it 20 years ago. But I'm not the only draw. Among others, there's Joshua Batuse, uh, who's well worth a watch, and he reminds me of uh, uh, Evander Holyfield. Uh, there's no shortage of entertainment on the undercard, and I think it will go down as one of the greatest nights in boxing history. Of the main event, Parker and I both uh, boast 100% win record, so I know he's coming over here full of confidence in his ability to cause me problems. And he's gone on as, as far to say that if he hits me clearly once, I'm done. He sat at the press conference Tuesday and stared at those belts uh, as if they were his and he was going to take them back to New Zealand. Samoa, the island where his family is from, also announced a day of prayer this week in honor of Joseph Parker, so there's a lot of pressure on him to perform as he has the weight of two countries on his back. Parker says he has a speed advantage over me, and that'll be a decisive factor. But I know how to counterpunch. I'll make him pay and make him miss. I'll punish him when he's throwing at me, and I'll punish him when he's thinking of throwing back at me. I'll break him down. It'll be a tough fight for him. A wise man once said, anticipation and timing beat speed. It's not just a big punch. It's the counterpunch. It's the footwork. It's the timing. That's what he's going to have to deal with. I know the fans are excited at the prospects of 2018, but we have to focus on the fight Saturday to ensure we can achieve all the goals that we've set. We have to embrace the moment as every fight is a blessing and every fight is a reason in the long run. Parker adds to my journey. He's a WBO champ, and he's a worthy opponent. Physically and mentally, I've prepared for this fight, and I'm ready for the challenge. Parker's not, 
he won't have encountered anything like the roof closed. A Dragon's Den at the Principality Stadium. He'll find out quickly Saturday night that there is nowhere to hide with 80,000 fans wanting to see me knock him out. Um, one other thing that, uh, that, 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 that was the last uh, piece uh, of uh, um, Joshua's uh, uh, fight diary that we're going to be able to give you. Uh, it'll be posted on Billy C. Boxing, and Johnson uh, will post the fifth piece tomorrow. Um, now, Eddie Hearn, uh, which I normally don't quote these promoters, but in Eddie Hearn's case, I, I feel that he deserves it here. Uh, Eddie Hearn said, we're not taking anything for granted. Parker is Anthony's toughest fight yet, uh, but if Wilder fight was on, we could fill the T-Mobile arena with Brits alone. And that's no BS, Sal, because no, the, Br- the British fans that. travel. I'll never forget when Ricky Hatton fought uh, Mayweather. Uh, there were t- over 10,000 fans that, that yeah. made the trip to watch, um, you know, Ricky Hatton get knocked out. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, he said, uh, and here he says, Ricky Hatton was the man in the pub. AJ is not the same, uh, but he's still accessible and a man of the people. He would take the same numbers or even more uh, out to Vegas. The Wilder fight for me should happen in 2018 if Anthony beats Parker. If it's for the undisputed championship, it should be potentially one fight away. In the past, the mentality would have been take your time, but Wilder nearly lost to Luis Ortiz earlier this month. Anything can happen in the heavyweight divisions. Y'all have a happy Easter. That was uh, Eddie Hearn. Uh, what's your thoughts on the uh, f- the fourth uh, diary and Eddie Hearn's statements? You know, Eddie Hearn's always leaving room for us to believe that that fight could happen sooner than later, Sal. Well, you know, and, and that's a politician and that's a promoter. You always have to leave wiggle room because, you know what, what you say one day can come back to bite you in the next. And, uh, and I think that... Uh, you know, he left that option. He left it clear that, you know, anything can happen. And we're talking about uh, the forces that may be and, and come into play. And, hey, I want to see Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua fight this year. And I'll tell you why. Wouldn't it be a big disruption of the apple cart if, uh, if Joseph Parker is able to pull off an upset? You know, we, we <laughs> that's why Deontay Wilder should be ringside because he'll have another uh, pool of opponents that are going to be lining up or that he can line up for. But the bottom line is this: uh, it is a fight. Anyone can win Saturday night. You got two guys well over 200 pounds, and when you get hit with a shot, a clean shot, it could do a lot of damage. So the bottom line is we got to see what's going to happen and, and where this is going to play out. But uh, I like it. I like their quotes. I like the confidence. I like the 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 the, the well-based, level-headed. Uh, approach of Anthony Joshua and, and talking from his excerpts of, of, of his diary. And I think that uh, Eddie Hearn just capitalized on the whole idea that, hey, guess what? We're keeping options open, but hey, we want to see Deontay Wilder and, and Anthony Joshua also come off the end of this year. Um, my man, scholar of boxing, uh, he's in the uh, chat room on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, once again, super chat. I'm going to give you his prediction. He's been sticking strong to this. So, uh, scholar of boxing, uh, come uh, Monday, uh, is either going to be a hero or uh, a goat. But either way, uh, I appreciate his support 100%. And for anybody else, you want to uh, get a shout-out there, uh, I'll put what you uh, write if you give us a super chat. But uh, scholar of boxing says this, and I quote, Parker's going to take AJ's soul and the new 
That's what he says, man. He's uh, wow. predicting uh, an upset. Uh, Joseph Parker beating Anthony Joshua. Um, it's not. It's not impossible, Sal. It really isn't. I mean, uh, at least uh, Joseph Parker is a, is a legit uh, challenger. And uh, oh, yeah. with, with that said, I'm going to give you guys. Uh, I'm going to break down and give you uh, uh, my uh, predictions right now. Uh, Joseph Parker, and then then we're going to take a break, and then we'll get Sal's predictions because I'm noticing the time here, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to get in trouble as it is. But uh, Joseph Parker, he's a WBO champion. Um, when you take a look at Joseph Parker's uh, stats, uh, he's uh, ranked number seven in the world by the computer uh, as heavyweight, uh, which I think is pretty accurate, or, or maybe maybe not that accurate. Uh, may, maybe, in my opinion, he's number three right now. Uh, I, I think number one is, is AJ, number two is Deontay, and I think you got to put Joseph Parker number three. So normally I don't really disagree with the I'm computer. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, like I, that. I don't disagree with the computer rankings a lot, but in this case I do. He's six foot four, a 76-inch uh, reach, uh, 24 and 0 with 18 knockouts, 123 rounds as a pro with a 75% knockout ratio. Uh, in his uh, 24 fights, uh, he's got a, uh, a bon- opponent's combined record from the t- time he turned pro to now: uh, 513 wins, 108 losses, and 14 draws, which is pretty uh, impressive, uh, in my opinion. He's only 26 years old. He's actually younger than Anthony Joshua. When I look at his record, uh, I give him credit for a, a couple of fights. And some of these fights, you got to remember, these guys were, were past their prime and, and, you know, nothing else. But um, I still give Joseph Parker credit for beating them. Uh, Brian, uh, Francois Botha uh, was 175 years old when he fought him in 2013, but he beat him. You're funny guy. Um, Brian Minto was nothing more than a club fighter, but he beat him. Sherman Tank Williams was f- way past his prime, uh, tough opponent, but he beat him. Callie Meehan uh, was still part of the conversation in 2015 when Joseph Parker beat him. And the other fights, uh, you know, I mean, there's really five fights that I give Joseph Parker credit uh, for uh, his wins of his 24. And, and that's kind of sad when you look at a guy with 24 fights and you, you're looking at all the names on his resume and, and you can scrape up five where um, – they're legit wins. Uh, and I'm not saying that the other fights weren't legit wins. I'm just saying against real opposition. The the final one was, you know, two fights ago or three fights ago, Andy Ruiz Jr., when he fought for the vacant WBO uh, World Heavyweight title. Andy Ruiz Jr., who I felt didn't, didn't even deserve the shot, um, made it close. A lot of people think that it was a, 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 the wrong result. It was a majority decision win uh, for Joseph Parker when he took the title. Sent Andy Ruiz uh, out of the ring for a little bit. Uh, really bothered him about that decision. Um, but it was a close fight. Uh, his two fights after that, uh, Raz uh, Van Kajanu was a 12-round decision. Kajanu, I believe, was a last-minute sub for that fight, if I remember correctly. We actually had... Uh, Kajanu on this show once before, not leading up to this, but for the ESPN heavyweight tournament. And in his last fight, he fought Huey Fury, which in my opinion had no business fighting for a title fight. I mean, talk about a guy very similar to Jarrell Baby Miller in terms of his opposition, how he becomes ranked, I don't know. Uh, And that was a knockout, drag out, close fight. 
with uh, Joseph Parker winning by majority decision. Joseph Parker's style is uh, is kind of well-rounded. Uh, he does drop his hands a bit, and he is susceptible to a counterpunch, but he does have decent footwork. His hands are fairly quick, and he's accurate with his punches. He's a real deal fighter, I think. Uh, now, he steps in the ring with Anthony Joshua. You all know that I think Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight in the world today. He's ranked number one uh, by the computer, and rightfully so. He's currently the WBA, the IBF, and the IBO uh, world champion. Uh, should he get by Joseph Parker on Saturday, um, or if Joseph Parker wins, whoever wins will be considered the heavyweight champion. Unfortunately for Deontay Wilder, despite many people thinking that the uh, WBC is the, the most valuable belt, will only be uh, a belt holder after Saturday. I mean, that's an important thing to consider, especially if you're uh, Deontay Wilder's uh, management. You know, he will be considered just a belt holder. The winner of this fight on Saturday will be considered the heavyweight champion. And most people consider Anthony Joshua the heavyweight champion right now. But, uh, but you know, he will have every major belt except the WBC. Now, when I take a look at uh, Anthony Joshua, bigger, uh, he's got a two-inch uh, height advantage, advantage, six foot six. He's got uh, substantial uh, arm reach advantage at 82 inches. He's 20 and 0, never going to the final uh, minute of the final round. He's 20 and 0 with 20 knockouts. He's only fought 65 rounds as a pro. I think that's important to note. Um, he's uh, uh, got, uh, like I said, only 20 fights. His opponent's combined record: 484 wins, 137 losses, and 11 draws. Um, when I look at Anthony Joshua, I look at, um, you know, to me, there's seven fights that I give him credit for. Seven. Now, uh, some people are going to disagree with me, but in his seventh pro fight, he fought Matt Skelton. Matt Skelton was a tough journeyman type fighter at 28 and 8. I, I watched Matt Skelton fight. Uh, several times when my man Thomas Newman got me uh, all into uh, uh, Tyson Fury I, I started really getting into the heavyweight scene in, in England and uh, I got to see Matt Skelton fight and he is a tough guy and Anthony Joshua uh, beat him in a scheduled six-round fight he knocked him out in two that was in his seventh pro fight uh, in his uh, tenth pro fight I give him credit uh, against um, Michael Sproat. Now, I don't count that as a top seven fights that he's got wins under, but I do give him credit for that because Michael Sproat was another one of these tough journeyman kind of fighters that you want to see a young fighter face early in their career. Um, the second guy I give him credit for was Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson at one time I thought was the real deal. He turned in to be a, a, a complete idiot. But the one thing that took place in this fight was Kevin Johnson had never been stopped before. And he was stopped in this fight against Anthony Joshua. Uh, Kevin Johnson has since just become a, a professional opponent. Uh, but I gave uh, AJ some credit. And really, it started opening my eyes uh, to Anthony Joshua after that fight. Now, the next fight I give him credit for is Dillian White. Now, currently... Uh, Dillian White is ranked, and he was ranked when they fought, too. But he's currently ranked number one by the WBC, number four by the IBF and WBO, and number nine by the WBA. 
That's a substantial win for Anthony Joshua. The next one is his next fight when he won his first title against Charles Martin. You could say what you want about Charles Martin, and I certainly did at the time. Uh, but currently, Charles Martin is ranked number eight by the WBC and number nine by the IBF. A substantial win for uh, Anthony Joshua. Dominic Brazil was his next win. Uh, and Dominic Brazil is a very good fighter, in my opinion. Uh, still needs some work on his delivery of punches, but he's a big guy. Granite chin. He displayed that against Anthony Joshua. Currently, he's ranked number two in the world uh, by both the WBC and the WBO and number six by the IBF. You got to give him credit for beating him. Uh, of course, the guy named Vladimir Klitschko, he gets a lot of credit for beating him. Vladimir, many regarded, was the guy uh, in the heavyweight division. And uh, it was one of the most exciting heavyweight fights of recent years. And uh, he beat Vladimir. Now, Vladimir wasn't ranked at the time because he had been added a sport. But many people believe that he was the guy, even though he lost to Tyson Fury. Uh, Tyson Fury had... Uh, uh, been retired, and Klitschko had controlled the heavyweight division for a decade. In his last fight against Carlos Takam, you know, he struggled a little bit with Takam. I said it was because of the height difference. Uh, Takam was a, a, a huge uh, height difference between uh, all of these other guys that we're talking about. But when you take a look at Carlos Takam right now, he's ranked uh, at number seven in the IBF. What it all boils down to is Anthony Joshua has fought some decent opposition throughout his 20 fights. As a matter of fact, Joseph Parker has not fought anyone on his resume right now that's currently ranked. Not one of his of his 24 fights. Not one guy is currently ranked. That kind of sounds. Did he fight White? Joseph Parker, no. Uh, Anthony Joshua did. Anthony okay. Joshua fought. Uh, I thought he, I thought he, I thought Parker fought Dillian White. No, no, no Anthony jo Anthony Josh no, no, was the I'm only sorry. Anthony no, Josh was the only else. guy to yes, have yes, beaten yes, Dillian White. But but yes, my yes. point is is that Joseph Parker has not beaten uh, anyone uh, that's currently ranked. Sounds a little like Deontay Wilder. Hey, listen, yeah. hold that thought. I'm gonna take a short little break here, and then when I come back, my official prediction of how the fight's gonna go, who's gonna win, and how. Don't go anywhere. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. No, 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 no. Wait a minute, no, man. No, that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. I said we're taking a break. Come on, who's running the show here? Billy C will be right back. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Just before I went to break, I was in the middle of breaking down Anthony Joshua and Joseph Parker. Uh, I was uh, just at the point where, uh, Anthony, I gave you the little background. I was uh, making statements uh, about 
the fighters that are on each of Joseph Parker's uh, resume and Anthony Joshua's and how relevant they are today, um, despite the bogus uh, rankings. You see, the rankings in these sanctioning bodies are, are bogus. It's not the same anymore. You're, you, as a promoter or a manager, you pay these crooked sanctioning bodies, and next thing you know, your guy's in, in that position. I mean, unfortunately, it's the sad truth, but it happens, all right? So, uh, you know, the reason why I'm looking at it now is to show my point here is to show that wins that are on each of these guys' records are, um, you know, against specific fighters to show that they're still, you know, part of the mix in the heavyweight division. Um, so both of them, uh, uh, well, specifically Anthony Joshua has fought uh, uh, many more. Uh, Joseph Parker has fought none uh, that are currently ranked. Uh, you know, yes, Huey Fury and, and Ruiz were both uh, ranked at the time uh, of the fight, uh, but uh, not now. Uh, how's this fight going to go? Well, this is the way I see it, boys and girls. I see uh, the first, I, I, I say that this fight is going to be an exciting fight. I think that Joseph Parker uh, is prepared the best he can be. And I think that because of his athleticism, and his hand speed and his boxing ability um, that he's going to uh, give Anthony Joshua some trouble. I really do. Um, I think that uh, Anthony Joshua, uh, coming off the Klitschko fight, uh, was in a do-or-die situation against Carlos Takam. Takam isn't a world beater. Now, I, I keep telling you, not that I want to make an excuse, but the excuse was is that Anthony Joshua uh, was not proficient in fighting a smaller guy in Carlos Takam. Um, but be as it may, uh, he didn't look that great until he knocked him out. And even the knockout was questionable. A lot of people thought that maybe Takam could have continued. Um, I think that Joseph Parker is going to come out and he's going to try to get Anthony Joshua's attention early in this fight, which is going to be a mistake. I also believe that Anthony Joshua is going to try to do what he does. He's going to try to break down uh, Joseph Parker. Um, Anthony Joshua has the best uppercut in the business. Joseph Parker is going to be forced to get in close to AJ in order to land significant punches. He's going to be right in AJ's wheelhouse for the uppercut. The way I see this fight going is simple. Anthony, it's going to be exciting at times, back and forth, but the, in a nutshell, Anthony Joshua is going to use his jab. He's going to be proficient with the distance. Uh, Parker's going to be forced to, to muscle in and try and get in close to land something big, and that's when Anthony Joshua is going to come down with the hammer. The uppercut's going to be an influential punch in this fight, uh, but either way, this fight will not go to the final bell. Anthony Joshua, by knockout, uh, it won't get to the 10th round, so this fight will be over before the double-digit rounds, and Anthony Joshua will become... Uh, the heavyweight champion of the world. And in my opinion, there's only one fight for him after this right now, and that would be against Deontay Wilder. Sal, Rocky, Senecola, <laughs> break it down, my man. Break it down. What's How's it going to go? Well, well said across the board. And, yeah, it was Takam that I mistaked for Dillian White. I know Takam fought both opponents. And Takam gave uh, Joseph Parker a lot of trouble on, on some levels. Uh, but uh, Parker did win that fight as well. Uh, I think uh, I think what you said is a pretty nice outline as far as what we could preview or see in the fight. I think Joseph Parker 
is going to be uh, utilizing some of his speed. I think that's what he's going to accentuate and try to make sure that he can move and be mobile. I don't think he's going to be able to become the smaller man, but I, but I, less than a stature. But what I mean by that is I think he should try to move his head, maybe make himself smaller to try and get around, to get inside of uh, Anthony Joshua. I think what he needs to do is go out there uh, ready to box, throw some jabs, move side to side, move the head if he's capable of doing that. And I think he's got to try and slip and move some uh, shots to the body. I think an early body attack on Anthony Joshua will get Joshua's attention. And as long as he doesn't walk into an uppercut from Joshua, he may have some early success with that. I think the attack is going to be just that. I think that uh, he's got to definitely, definitely be the smaller guy, the faster guy, the more agile guy, and the more uh, punches and bunches kind of guy. I think Anthony Joshua will come in with those heavy blows, and I think he will catch Joseph Parker. And I do see that Parker will make it ex an exciting fight at times. And I think there's going to be a little ebb and flow. And we may see even Anthony Joshua getting hurt by Parker if Parker is able to get inside and land some of the shots that he's capable of doing. Because Parker is more of a fighter that will throw punches and bunches. And, I, and Anthony Joshua, we see his, his heavy hands uh, and boom, it, it's a breakdown process of what he does. If that right hand doesn't just destroy you, the left hand behind that will. So I see... Like I said, flow, as I like to say, Parker will have some short success, short term success. And if he doesn't capitalize on it, I see one of those big heavy hands of Anthony Joshua being the equalizer and turning the fight into a one sided fight uh, in the later rounds. I do see round eight or, or nine that this fight will, uh, will probably be stopped. And I do see Anthony Joshua stopping Joseph Parker before the 10th round well we both agree on that this fight won't go to double digits and uh i just hope it's exciting and uh we'll uh start talking about how boxing needs uh aj against deontay wilder uh right after this so speaking of after this i got some emails and uh, a lot of them all pertain to other people's predictions on this fight so let's get rocking and rolling right now jesse uh who actually sent me one that i didn't get a chance to read yesterday um, which I'm going to read right now. He says, uh, um, uh, wait, actually, uh, wait a minute. This one is, uh, oh yeah, here's the, here's the one from yesterday. This, this is the, the one from the day before that I didn't read yesterday. He says, Hey guys, I see the bout between AJ and Parker. Very interesting. And Parker must show all his arsenal against AJ and let it all out in the ring. He looks like he's in shape. Uh, those, the last bout of Parker wasn't, uh, that good. And he must learn how to execute and make the corrections in this fight. Uh, truth be told, uh, AJ's last fight wasn't that great either. Uh, he says, uh, "Hey Billy, what's your thoughts on Andre possibly uh, fighting Triple G if can't if Canelo can't? I am always in the gym, and I will start bada testing now. I guarantee I'll pass all the tests. I know all the other fighters can't say the same thing. I'm undefeated. I'm a two-time champion. Triple G went through a period where nobody wanted to fight him. I'm that guy now. The man nobody wants to fight. That's the quote from Demetrius Andre." Uh, I would take the fight. I mean, I, I, I listen. If Triple G and Canelo don't happen in, in in May, if I'm Team Triple G, I forget Canelo. Triple G doesn't need Canelo. Triple G should fight Billy Joe Saunders and forget about Vegas. I'd go and fight Billy Joe Saunders in England, cash out, and walk away. That's what I would do if I'm Triple G. Uh, he says, "Did you watch? What do you think about that, Sal?" 
I think that could be a, a great send-off, a good ending. And I think that it would be a, a, a good tribute because, um, you know, like I said, I think that what the boxing commissioner has looked like they're going to do is is enforce uh, the, the uh, suspension of Canelo Alvarez for doing the PEDs and getting uh, getting caught with uh, mad cow disease, I'm teasing. Um, and That's I think England. that uh, I think it would be a statement. And, and, and you know, let's face it, Triple G, uh, he's been a credit to boxing. And I think that uh, he knows that he's only got maybe one or two, maybe three tops good fights in him left. And I think this would be a great signifier to have him just uh, – uh, retire undefeated and uh, cash in and 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 do something else with his life that, that could be as productive. You know, Europe is the ones that had the mad cow disease. You know, well, I, I know. Just, I, I, I mean, always I always pictured that. You know what I meant by the mad I, cow. I, I always pictured like lunatic cows just running through the field. Ah! Is, it, is it that like that's the mad cow disease? They're just running crazy. I'm I'm not a cow. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a horse trapped in a cow's body. Ah! You know. But then again, in in uh, in a Christmas Carol, Scrooge. That's what they said. I I I think I had a bit of bad beef. You know. Uh, yeah. So maybe maybe this mad maybe this tainted meat isn't that bad after all. But uh, anyway. <laughs> You know, I, I'm telling yeah, you. we got Hey, we got blown off course. Well, I'm telling you, that's what a mad cow says. He's running around. I'm a horse trapped in a cow's body. Ah! But uh, anyway, um, Jesse Jesse goes on to say, uh, it's an interesting bout, uh, but Parker has never faced uh, anyone uh, like Anthony Joshua. This is going to be a tactical but wild fight. Uh, Parker will try to time and counter AJ coming in, then dig inside the body. Hold and move around. AJ will stay composed and uh, chase and cut the ring off on Parker and jab and follow his straight hand, follow his left hook. This will go mid-rounds, and AJ will catch Parker with a right uh, and then an uppercut, ending ending it with a TKO uh, mid-late rounds, just like we say. Um, the thing is, is that I don't – I disagree with um, uh, AJ, uh, Joseph Parker – trying to catch AJ on the way in. And the reason why I, I disagree with that is AJ won't have to come in. AJ's height and reach advantage will give him the, uh, um, you know, I don't know, the advantage of, of creating a distance that will prevent Joseph Parker from landing substantial punches. I believe that Parker's the guy that's going to have to move in uh, in this fight. What do you think, Sal? Well, I think you're right. Like I said, I think Parker has got to accentuate and use his speed to his his ability and opportunity. He's got to become the smaller, more compact fighter. Now, it's hard when you're a heavyweight like that, but he's got to be able to crouch down. He's got to be able to slip under Anthony Joshua's punches. He's got to be able to use those hands, keep them up. And he's got to be the shorter, faster fighter. He's got to go in. He's got to go out. He's got to go lateral. He's got to go real left, right. He's got to be able to... To, to catch Joshua. He's got to throw fakes. He's got to fake up there and go to the body. He's got to, he's got to really be an artful fighter. He's got to try to outbox uh, uh, an Anthony Joshua. That's the only way because Anthony Joshua has those, those heavy hands that if it catches you, it's going to be an equalizer. It's not, it's not like a snap punch like a Deontay Wilder is going to knock you out, but it's a heavy hand that's going to, that's going to catch you and it's going to nullify anything you're doing. So the bottom line is I think that uh, – uh, Parker does have a chance. He's got a hell of a chance. 
but he's got to be the smaller guy. He's got to be the boxer. He's got to go in. He's got to move side to side, and he's got to throw some feints, and uh, hopefully Anthony Joshua would take that, and he's got to bang the body. He's got to slow Joshua down with the body attack and then bring his hands up and, uh, and do the job. That's what he should do. I think, I think you, you just said something very important. I wish I would have said it uh, when I was doing my breakdown. Sometimes but, I know what I do. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is that uh, Joseph Parker should fight small. Um, what, what, what we all saw in, in Anthony Joshua's what last fight was yeah. that he didn't fight well against a smaller guy. No, he didn't. Yeah, That's right. He's in a perfect position to expose that because Parker has speed. So the bottom line is if he fights smaller and he's slipping those punches and he keeps his hands up and he's moving side to side, Fight like you're a light heavyweight. He's a small, agile guy on that level. I like when he's heavyweights. And that's another thing. Let's see what, what type of uh, condition Anthony Joshua comes in for. Is he going to be over 250 or under 250? Only t only the Wayans will tell us. You know, uh, Mike Tyson might have given Anthony Joshua all kinds of trouble with his style. He would have. Um, he uh, would have. Mike know, Tyson would have because Mike Tyson fought small. Mike Tyson was small. Mike Tyson moved his head. Mike Tyson was hard to hit. Mike Tyson fought in a style and styles make fights billy c that's what we always say and mike tyson may have had the the uppercut ability and a heavy handed and an explosive power that would have been maybe too much for anthony joshua we should do the box compu box we should do not the compu box we should do the boxing machine the magic box machine with that fight and 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 don't forget mike mike tyson eats the children's too he he, he likes to eat children's but uh easy, um easy. anyway anyway uh, uh as far as his other fight yeah well, i didn't even break it down but uh, jesse <laughs> says pavetkin's gonna knock out price in the fifth round uh which uh i don't even think price will go that far and then he, he's predicting a st uh what he calls a stunner carlos molina will stop highly touted prospect josh kelly uh, in the late rounds via a TKO. Great uh, predictions by uh, my man Jesse. Uh, my man Joel says, uh, hey, when Canelo goes in front of the Nevada State Athletic Commission on April 10th, I hope they make an example of him with his accusations that he ate tainted meat. Based on how big of a name Canelo is, he can make sure that these situations are avoided. He has the money to make sure he's eaten right and should be setting an example for other fighters who make these kinds of slip-ups. I can understand a lower-level boxer making this mistake, but even they end up suffering some, court of, uh, some sort of suspension and fine. What are you and Sal's thoughts on what will happen on April 10th? My feeling is he gets a six-month suspension and pays a fine. Um, the bottom line is you need to know... Uh, what you're putting in your body. You, you can't blame everyone else. And the tainted meat was a BS story. 100%, that's what I believe. I think Canelo, uh, you know what? It, it's easy to assume, and everyone did it with Antonio Margarita, uh, but Margarito, uh, but, uh, but, but I think Canelo's been juicing for a while. I, 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 I hate to say it, and, I'm a, and you know, I was a big fan of Canelo. What do I think is going to happen on the 10th, Sal? I, I think they're going to suspend him. I think that we're going to see. I, I really think, in my heart of hearts, geez, that sounds like Sal's line. But in my heart heart of hearts, I really believe that Triple G is going to fight Billy Joe Saunders. I just have this feeling. In September? No. Well, no. I, I think it's going to be. I think he's going to fight. Bill. I think the next fight we're going to see Triple G in the ring is going to be against Billy Joe Saunders. I, I, that's what I think. What do you think is going to happen on the 10th? Joel wants to know. 
Well, Joel, I, I think it was a good question, and uh, I am going to say that I think uh, the boxing commissioner will give a suspension to Canelo Alvarez, and I think uh, six months as a minimum and a fine would probably uh, get a lot of people's attention. And uh, sure, it would it would either postpone or negate this fight from ever happening. And uh, even though, well, boy, I was looking forward to seeing round 13 of these two guys because I think they would have gone right at it uh, where it left off. And uh, the familiarity was going to be all over and the honeymoon was going to be over. But uh, the truth of the matter is, like I said, I'm glad to see that the boxing commissioner is looking at the fight not being bigger than boxing itself. Um. Got another super chat, my man uh, Johnston, uh, Johnston. Hook, hooking us up again. I love these guys that are uh, putting their Great money guy. where their mouth is. Johnston says the bookies over here in England have AJ as a twenty to one favorite uh, wow. in this fight. That's pretty big, man. I mean, big. Uh, I, you pretty, know, that's if, big, if, man. I'll tell you what. I, I mean, twenty. Well, I like to, to put one dollar down on Joseph Parker to win twenty or a hundred. I'd, I'd risk a hundred bucks. I'd risk a hundred bucks on it. You know, I, uh, I, I wonder. I wonder what the odds are on it going the distance. I, I haven't even looked, but I wonder what the odds are going the distance. But uh, anyway, uh, from Mitch. Uh oh, we got one from my man Mitch. He says. Uh, he <laughs> he says two more coincidences, guys. He says, Sal, Sal said he needed to hear something from Wilder directly in reference to Eddie Hearn's comments before he would admit anything. And he says, uh, fortunately, Deontay was listening to the show and he heard Sal because an hour after the show, he responded. He says, I'm going to ask Wilder if he listened to your show. But obviously, hearing Sal triggered a response from the big fella. You called it, Billy C. Uh, there was an article that Wilder said my whole decision of not going to the fight was a team decision. Somebody is advising him incorrectly. Then he almost quoted you word for word by saying, what better way than free advertising? That was free advertising. Nobody had to pay for that. But then he switched it around to mean free advertising for Anthony Joshua, even though it would have benefited him more. But the point is, these two things were brought up today, and both were addressed by you guys today. Uh, now Deontay addresses them. What's the odds? Come on, fellas. You guys <laughs> have to admit they're listening to your show. So is Al Hamer. I don't know. Uh, it's thanks. a heck of a coincidence, but thanks, I'll tell Mitch. you what. I, Billy, what do you think? And then I want to share my thoughts. Well, well, i I tell you what I think. Um well, as far as listening to the show, I, I don't know. You know, until somebody, until one of these guys reaches out to me and, and wants to come on the show and and be men and talk to us uh, live, I, I would love that. But um, here, here's the thing, and we got a bunch of guests coming on uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, so stay tuned for that. But uh, um, here's what I think: I, I I think that Deontay Wilder is being misled uh, terribly. Um, not only about the points that we discussed earlier uh, about you know risk reward, uh, how many fights do you need to make X amount of money, et cetera, et cetera, um, but they've actually convinced Deontay Wilder, and I say they meaning his team, that Eddie Hearn wanted to bring him over to use him with his own fan base to use it to publicize Anthony Joshua which is completely untrue. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is Anthony Joshua's on billboards in the United States. He's a, he's a known commodity. 
you know, Deontay Wilder is just scraping the beginnings of becoming known. And if it wasn't for him uh, and his fight, his drag-out death fight with Luis Ortiz, he would still be uh, regarded in, in the back burner as a back burner fighter. I mean, this is a guy that you can walk down where he calls the Barclays Center his second home. You can walk down the streets of Brooklyn and ask people if they know who he is, and, and 8 out of 10 never heard of him. They think he's a basketball player. You know, so no. Uh, I think that, that Deontay Wilder is being misled and ripped off by his team. And uh, I, I feel for, for Deontay, and I, and I mean that with 100% honesty, um, because I think that Deontay Wilder could be making a hell of a lot more money and could be a household name if he was with the right promoters. Lou DiBella does not promote anything. Uh, you know, Al Heyman, his so-called advisor, or Shelly Finkel, his, his co-advisor slash manager, those guys haven't done anything except line their own pocketbooks. Deontay is being used as a puppet. There's no question about it. Now, you're toying. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Well, there, there's no hiding behind the fact I am a big Deontay Wilder fan. I like Deontay Wilder. I feel for the guy, and I'd like to see him propelled and up on top where where he belongs, where I think he deserves, and I think that uh, he's on his way. And that last fight he had surely propelled him up uh, uh, levels beyond where he was. And I think that uh, you know if I could have a sit-down talk or walk with the Deontay Wilder, I would tell him just what you and I discussed earlier that, uh, hey, guess what? You right now, you're on top of the game. You're a commodity. We got a couple of years left. How do you want to leave this game? Do you want to leave as a legacy, as a giant? Do you want the risk-reward? Do you want to cash in for $20 million over the next two years? Uh, you know, and then, and then ride the wave and see what happens after that? I mean, there's a lot to do. But I think that Deontay Wilder, uh, instead of being reactive and, and responding, to what's happening around him in his career, I think Deontay Wilder has got to take the initiative and be proactive and be in the driver's seat and tell people what he wants and where he wants to go. That's what he needs to do. He's got to be proactive and not reactive. Well, you know, he tries, but he... Eh, he's just missing it. He's missing it. He's loyal. I'll give him that. You know, I respect he's loyal. loyal. I, I, I like respect I said, loyalty. I'm, I'm a big Deontay Wilder fan. You know it, Bill. And uh, and I wasn't. He 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 earned my. I mean, I he earned my my respect and my full support. I'll tell you because I followed him and I learned about him. And uh, he's got some hometown Tennessee guys to thank for that. That came to my restaurant and we had a nice sit down talk. And that was years ago. Well. I just think that he's being misled, misguided, and uh, I do respect him for being uh, such a loyal guy. One more email. Uh, this one is uh, from your buddy Raheem. He says, uh, hey, guys. All right, Raheem. How you doing, he says, pal? He says, good morning, Billy and Sal. This is Raheem here. I, I, <laughs> that's like patented, man. Uh, you know, he says. It is. It's great. That's his coin. Listen that's to this. Great. This guy, this guy is with my man Scholar of Boxing. He says, I'm going to pick Parker as the underdog. I think that Joshua and his team is overlooking Parker and thinking all about Wilder. I've been paying attention to Parker's camp and his new training, and I think that he's going to knock out Anthony Joshua. Parker's an undefeated fighter. He's got a great jab, and I think he's going to give Anthony Joshua all kinds of problems. This will become the upset of all upsets. Uh Big words, big words for uh, uh, Raheem, Raheem, Raheem. What do you think, Raheem, man? Uh, guess what? 
And that's what I love about the heavyweight division. That's what I love about uh, boxing. You never know. And I hey, guess what? I can't I can't discount those those uh, predictions. And I can't discount that I I can't feel that way. And if I know the odds of twenty to one now, I might just want to lay a thousand dollars on <laughs> Joseph Parker to win. Uh, you got anybody I could place a bet with? I'm teasing. Yeah. But the bottom line is this. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> the bottom line is this. I do see the possibility of Saturday night being a big upset, which is another case, and I'm promoting them, which is another reason why Deontay Wilder should be ringside for that fight because we never know what's going to happen. And uh, I could see possibly Joseph Parker pulling an upset. If he gets in the wheelhouse and if he gets in on Anthony Joshua, like I said, if he fights small, if he slips, he, he weaves, he bobs, if he tries to be, be defensive, keep the hands up and counter here and there, he might eat up Anthony Joshua on the inside. He might have a chance because he could throw a combination. I've seen him. He's got quick hands and he throws punches and bunches. So if he could get in that wheelhouse, get inside and come up with some good combinations that stun Maybe not hurt, but stun Anthony Joshua. That stun could lead to more stuff, more damage. So uh, don't discount Joseph Parker. He could win this fight and pull a big upset. Black and white facts would show that Anthony Joshua should do, as you and I said, Billy, should proceed and probably stop Joseph Parker. But the variables that we're missing and the human spirit, the heart, the determination, the drive, the conditioning, the punch, the determination, the stick to witness is all up to the human spirit and the man above. And the bottom line is Joseph Parker has a chance to beat Anthony Joshua and upset this apple cart like none other. I got a chance of meeting like a 25-year-old hot blonde, too, and, and falling in love. But the probability of that is very slim. And uh, It happened I, to I, me. I, <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> it did happen to you. <laughs> oh, you bastard. You with you and you bragging. <laughs> That's it. I'm disconnecting you right now. Um, li listen, boys and girls, uh, make sure that you uh, uh, watch these fights. Sal and I will be doing uh, our post-fight show on Anthony Joshua and uh, Joseph Parker on Monday morning, so uh, don't you're not going to want to miss that. Some other news I just wanted to get uh, everybody caught up with. Um, Joe Goosen is now training Amir Khan for his fight against uh, Phil LaGreco uh, that's taking place in England on April 21st. Now, in case you guys uh, forgot, Virgil Hunter, who I think is one of the most overrated trainers on the planet, was training Amir Khan. But apparently, there's been some health issues with Virgil Hunter, and I had not heard about that before. Um, uh, Virgil Hunter's spokeswoman, uh, Julie Goldsticker, had issued a statement uh, concerning Virgil Hunter's health uh, earlier in the week, and she said, Virgil has experienced a health scare and has been hospitalized. Uh, we're very happy to report that he's recovering and getting stronger every day. We appreciate everyone's thoughts and prayers and request that his privacy be respected while he recovers. There will not be any further statements uh, made at this time as we allow him to heal. Um, in all seriousness, even though uh, I'm not a huge fan of Virgil Hunter, his training abilities, um, I wish him a speedy recovery because uh, I was totally uh, caught off guard about this, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, yes. uh, I don't want to wish uh, any ill on, on anyone involved in our sport. Uh, so uh, I hope that uh, Virgil Hunter uh, recovers quickly 
and um, uh, you know he was. I know that him and uh, Amir Khan were were uh, starting to gel, and now uh, Joe Goosen uh, will be replacing uh, Virgil Hunter. And Joe Joe Goosen is uh, a, a good trainer as well. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens with uh, with that. Um, some other things I wanted to announce real quickly. You remember uh, Alfredo Angulo? Uh, he was, uh, you know, kind of looked like a caveman when he when he grew his beard and hair long. But he was an exciting fighter, very limited, but in your face, throwing punches. Let's go bomb after bomb, and the last man standing wins. Um, he signed to fight Sergio Mora. Uh, the fight's taking place in Las Vegas, uh, beginning of April, April seventh to be exact. And um, the the thing about this is both of these fighters. Now it's going to be on the non televised part of Showtime's triple header, uh, where uh, Jarrett Hurd is taking on Erslandy Lara, uh, and also uh, Khalib Truax and James DeGal will have their rematch. And uh, J Rock uh, Williams is uh, uh, taking on. Uh, Nathaniel Gallimore uh, as the triple header, but uh, Sergio Mora, Alfredo Angulo will be part of the non-televised uh, undercard. Um, you know, I, I liked, I never liked Sergio Mora. Uh, I used to like An Angulo, but both fighters seem like their days have, have uh, passed. A little interesting fact about this, they're really good friends. Neither one of them wanted to fight each other. Uh, not only were they longtime sparring partners, but they were pretty tight as uh, friendship goes. And um, they were basically had no choice. They both want to see if their careers can continue. And um, they were offered to fight each other and they both uh, talked about it and agreed um, you know, that they're going to fight. Uh, they're both in their late 30s. Angulo's 20... Uh, uh, 24 wins, six losses with 20 knockouts. He's 35 years old. And uh, Sergio Mora is 28 wins, five losses, a couple of draws with nine knockouts, and he's 37. Um, did you ever have to fight a friend? Um, maybe in the amateurs I did, and not not a not a a, a, a great friend, but more of a, a an acquaintance or strong acquaintance. And uh, you know, I sparred uh, with a uh, with. Well, with a lot of friends. I mean, I sparred with Vinny Pazienza, uh, hundreds of rounds. Aaron Pryor, I considered a friend. Uh, uh, Kenny Bang Bang Bogner from Trenton. He and I were friends from the amateurs, and uh, I was his sparring partner when he was. Uh, uh, we were in training camp together when he was uh, signed to fight Boom Boom Mancini in Africa for the title, and that didn't go so well. Um, um, we never got out of training camp. But anyway, it's uh, it was it was a shame. Uh, you know, I I never fought a friend in in the ring professionally. Yeah, it's got to be hard. I mean, uh, no, you it know, doesn't. Especially, you well, put it all aside, just go out there and beat the uh, hell out of I don't know if you if you close friends, if you close friends. I mean, it is business. You know, uh, when we were kids, we, we when we were kids, yeah, in backyard boxing, we beat the heck out of each other. Oh well, my, I don't care if you're my best friend or not. But, and you know what? Why not carry that mindset? If you got to fight a friend, hey, guess what? All bets are off. You go in there. You got the vision quest. Hey, I like you later. I like you a lot more, but but I'm gonna destroy you right now. Well, you know it's it's true. You know uh, your brother or or you know relative. You're very competitive against. I I know my best uh, friend. Uh, we're very competitive when we uh, do stuff. You know, but uh, but you know eh, eh, I guess it is what it is. Uh, one it other is. one other announcement I I wanted to make was a fight card that was announced uh, yesterday. For the end of April, it's going to be on network television, on Fox and Fox Deportes. 
April 28th. It is a uh, PBC uh, card. And, you know, it's such a shame that people, you know, everybody regarded Al Heyman as like the savior of boxing. You know, when all of a sudden he put all of these uh, fights on TV and everything. And, you know, I had dissected it a hundred different ways and it just didn't make sense. And um, today the aftermath is that, uh, you know, he still has fighters signed. He's not spending other people's money like a drunken sailor like it was. Because make no mistake, boys and girls, Al Heyman never spent a nickel, a nickel of his own money. Um, But as much as I like some of the fights that that have been on under the PBC banner, and specifically they've been uh, finding their home on on Showtime, I kind of like this main event that they have. It was scheduled for uh, April 28th out of Texas at the Don Haskins Center, like I just mentioned, on Fox and Fox Deportes. The main event is Josito Lopez, and he's taken on Miguel Cruz in a welterweight fight uh, scheduled for 10 rounds. I've always liked Josito Lopez. Um, Josito Lopez will fight anybody. This is an old-school fighter, Sal. I, I, I know you probably never have seen him, but write it down, punch him up. And check him out because you're going to love his style of fighting. Josito Lopez, this was a guy that uh, had a move up in, in weight. He fought anybody. The times he lost uh, his record uh, right now, uh, I actually I don't have it in front of me, but I, I know he's got at least five or even six losses now. But every loss was when he had a move up in weight substantially uh, and you know just couldn't handle it. I like the fight. I like the fight, the fact that Lo- Josito Lopez is fighting – a, uh, a top contender or a rising contender in Miguel Cruz. Uh, also on the card, which makes me sick, Anthony Durrell. I don't want to see any of the Durrells. Uh, they, bring, they bring negativity to the sport of boxing. But once again, uh, Anthony Durrell is fighting Abby Han. Uh, and now Abraham Han is not a great fighter, okay? He's not. And he's fighting out of his weight class. They're fighting at a super middleweight uh, division. You know, they're handing Durrell another W. Makes me sick. And the third uh, fight that will be on TV is Jorge Lara uh, taking on Claudio Moraro. Uh, I love the main event, but the other two fights, mm, not so much. But uh, uh, I'm excited uh, uh, about that main event. Uh, Josito Lopez, Sal, uh, punch him up because I, I'm, I'm sure gonna... you're going to like this guy. All right, I'm sure I will. You know he's uh, uh, he's good. I, I you know I'm even getting uh, I'm getting a, uh, an agreement from from a guy who rarely agrees with me, uh, but has been very supportive of uh, of our show uh, uh, recently, and that's Scholar of Boxing over in the uh, uh, YouTube chat. In, in case you guys listen, our uh, you know our our main chat room is on Billy C Boxing, but I've actively been trying to. Um, uh, get a better presence on our YouTube channel. I, I honestly, I've never really thought of it uh, much, to be honest. Uh, and all of a sudden, over the last month or two, I'm like, you know what? We we should definitely be bigger and better on YouTube. And I really want to thank all the guys that uh, have become part of our chat room over on YouTube, a, a, a consistent part of it, especially the people that are putting their money where their mouth is with the super chat. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is, you know, when I first was looking at the YouTube chat, 
it kind of was a place for non-boxing people, uh, some trolls, if you will. That seems to be gone. There seems to be some pretty knowledgeable people. I love looking at them all uh, making claim that they're more knowledgeable than each other, Sal. So we got some com competition going on uh, in the uh, YouTube chat room. But all I could say to anybody that watches this on YouTube, uh, do us a favor. Spread the word, man. We want to become a bigger presence uh, in the uh, YouTube uh, boxing community. And I know, Sal, you're a big-time uh, electronics uh, expert and computer guru, uh, so you must uh, want to be part. You must want to have a bigger presence in uh, in YouTube too, don't you? I need a course in technology. <laughs> you, the, yeah, I, I, you know, I had to do... Listen, I'm going to expose Sal Rocky Senecola right now. He's probably going to get mad at me. But Sal Rocky Senecola... I just graduated from flip phone. Sal, Sal Rocky Senecola, very successful businessman, uh, former uh, uh, top contender uh, in boxing, a Guinness Book of World Record holder, so many accolades. I actually presented him with a championship belt at our last uh, 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 get-together. I mean, this man is not only uh, a great guy, but he's become a, a, my best friend. And I, I'm going to expose him right now. <laughs> He still does his payroll by paper. This guy has added up payroll. I, he does, look, he's got a calculator. He makes his staff. He makes his staff hand him their hours on little pieces of paper. Sal is hand makes his staff hand him their hours on little pieces of paper, and he takes it and adds it up. I mean, I I, I last Take time I was hours. there. Last time I was there, I'm going, Sal, let me hook you up, man. Let me set you up with QuickBooks. It'll like, save you back, time. Back. Oh, He's like, no, 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 no. I got to do it. I, I, I got to do it. I got to do it. And he's so organized. All you got to do is go into his office and take it. <laughs> it's a control organization. Ah, I know hey. where everything is. Yeah. If anybody's in the market for like some, uh, uh, you know, small pails or boxes or, or empty containers, just go see Sal because he's starting a business for, I don't know, maybe. Building you know a what? boat with those. I hey, threw out my bow last week. Maybe you should. No, really. Maybe you should start the recycling business. You know, you're pretty good at that, man. But uh, anyway, oh hey, listen. Alex. On, out, on this day in boxing history, March 29th. Um, before I get to the boxing stuff, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw uh, my man Coach uh, a bone here because my man Coach is a big time uh, hockey fan. And um, I know his uh, son was uh, very good in, in hockey as well. Um, so uh, on this day, March 29th, in hockey history, National Hockey League, and I got to admit I'm not a big hockey fan, but on this day, March 29th, in 1929, the first meeting uh, of a Stanley Cup final between two American-based teams and the first ever played at Madison Square Garden, had the Boston Brewers beat my man Coach's Rangers 2-1 to wow. one on this day wow. in 1929. Uh, I heard Coach was, uh, you know, had great seats for this event, but uh, uh, it is what it is. On this day in boxing history in 1988, Lord Honeygan knocks out Jorge Vaca uh, in the uh, third round to regain the WBC uh, World Welterweight title. And uh, that took place uh, in London. On this day in 1985, Joey Olivo wins a 15-round decision over Francisco Juarez uh, to win the WBA Junior Flyweight title. It took place uh, in Miami. On this day in 1966, Muhammad Ali 
wins a 15-round decision over George Shavalo uh, to retain his world heavyweight title, and that took place in Toronto, Canada. George Shavalo never hit the canvas uh, as a professional. Uh, and finally, on this day, March 29th in 1940, Joe Lewis knocks out Johnny Paycheck. They don't have names like that anymore, Sal. Oh. In the second round to retain his world heavyweight title, and that took place at Madison Square Garden in New York City, and rumor has it that Johnny Paycheck was there to get his paycheck as soon as the fight was over. Uh, but uh, in any event, um, any final thoughts uh, as we lead into a big uh, heavyweight unification title weekend, Sal? My only thoughts are this. I really, I'm in, looking forward to and really enjoying this fight, but I would enjoy it that much more if I could see Deontay Wilder sitting ringside, uh, voicing an, a, a, a smart opinion about what he would do in the ring against either of these opponents and commenting about promoting about he fighting Anthony Joshua next. So, uh, but aside from that, I say that we're going to have a great weekend full of fights, and I think the uh, the uh, fight ahead of us with Parker and Joshua is going to be a good one. Any fighter can win any given night, so don't discount anybody to pull off this fight to win. I'm just hinting Parker because Joshua should predominantly uh, hold it and keep it together and become victorious. Well, if you're just tuning in, uh, I'm uh, predicting uh... – uh, Anthony Joshua to win this fight will not get into double digit rounds I'm not uh, I think Joseph Parker is a formidable foe but uh, Anthony Joshua is on a different level I too agree with what Sal just said about Deontay Wilder I think he made a huge mistake uh, by not making the trip to Cardiff um, in all sincerity I, I you know I know I've been very critical of Deontay Wilder but I actually like Deontay Wilder the man I don't like you know, his actions sometimes, but he's been forced to do it because he has surrounded himself with an inept team. Uh, if I'm Deontay Wilder, and Deontay, if you do happen to watch this show, um, do yourself a favor, man. Clean house, brother. You know, get yourself a good team around you. You may be critical of Eddie Hearn, but Eddie Hearn has shown that the guy knows how to make his fighters money, man. And uh, if that's what you're seeking, you want money and fame, Get yourself a promoter that's going to promote you. Get yourself a team that's going to care about you. You know, make no mistake, all those guys that you have around you, you're paying them all, brother. They're all coming out of your purse. They're all in there. They're thinking of themselves. They're not thinking of you, Deontay. Do yourself a favor. And I don't care whether you fight. I mean, I think that the fight of the fight in the heavyweight division is Deontay Wilder against Anthony Joshua. There's no question about it. If I was Deontay Wilder's manager, I would negotiate a two-fight deal with Anthony jo Joshua regardless, regardless of the outcome of the first fight. Secure the second fight. I would call it a home-and-home -home deal. You fight the first fight uh, in England. You fight the second fight in the U.S. And Deontay, my man, you could walk away with $30 million for two fights. Do the math. Break out a calculator. Take your socks and shoes off, whatever you got to do, and figure out how many fights at $2 million, uh, you're going to have to fight to net that kind of money, my man. And risk, if you risk get, reward. And, and if you get rid of all of those uh, thieves that are in your pocket, you'll be pocketing more of that money, too. So uh, I, I wish you all the best. It is a fight that uh, we all want to see. But first things first, AJ, Joseph Parker, this weekend, don't miss it. 
Make sure you watch it, and then make sure you tune in Monday morning for our post-fight show. A.J. Joseph Parker, same bad time, same bad channel. Have a great Easter holiday, boys and girls. And uh, before I leave you, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. Da na 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 na